0: Javier Paul, your host of football for fans and fanatics. The segments in this episode today are a Super Bowl recap, the big football news, and four stars that will be traded or signed to a new team during this offseason. Sadly, we will only be posting once every two weeks during the offseason because there isn't as much content. And now for Super Bowl recap. Yay! So, for the Super Bowl outcome, you guys already know, but the Buccaneers did win 31-9. Um, getting into our topics, I said last episode that the Chiefs' two tackles, also known as Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, you, they were out, and you saw Patrick Mahomes really had no time, and the, defense, the defensive pass rushers really did take advantage of that. I mean, they only sent four people. They didn't call blitzes. They only really did that a few times to in like third down situations or fourth down situations. But they really didn't send pressure. I mean, the pass rushers just really took advantage and they didn't really rush up the middle. They re- re- rushed up outside where the two backup tackles were. And I think that's what really got to Mahomes because he usually doesn't have a lot of, um, a lot of pass rush because his tackles are pretty good. They're above average. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz is one of the top five tackles in the league well, not, well, top five right tackles, that is. And Eric Fisher is, like, above average. So, I, this is, this is unusual for Patrick Mahomes because he usually has some time, but I really do think that the pass rushers played the best they could, and they they really made plays. I mean, they they did, actually did not have that many sacks. It was just all the pressure that Mahomes had a lot of incompletions, he had some interceptions, and that's really what changed the game. If they didn't have the pass rush, it would have been a lot closer. And then, also, there's been way too many penalties on the Chiefs. Some of them were unfair, but the penalties on the Chiefs, there were so many PI calls that were reasonable, and then also, on third down and long situations, they get holding that's not even that's not even a part of the play. Like when the person was when Tom Brady was throwing to one of his receivers on one side of the field and the person wasn't even open and one of the corners drew a flag when the that side of the field was irrelevant. That's just unacceptable. When you see the Chiefs, they're such a good team. And I don't I couldn't see that the Chiefs, because they're so well coached, getting that many penalties. And then I think the Buccaneers' look on defense by running two deep safeties and four pass rushers was actually a really good move to face Patrick Mahomes, because I think that's an unusual look for him, that he doesn't really see that much. I think teams usually blitz him, or they stay back in coverage. There's not really a middle, so I think that's what really got to Patrick Mahomes, and he was really confused. And then, Patrick Mahomes had a turf toe injury, and I think that may have held him back, saying, because... Even though he ran a lot, and we'll get to that later, but he really, really played. I just don't know if the turf toad really did anything, but it might have, it might not. He did have surgery on Wednesday, but hopefully he's okay from that. And then too many blunders from the cheese. Um, The punter's mistakes, Tommy Townsend, the punter for the Chiefs. Um, they were in a third down situation, and Patrick Mahomes made an amazing throw to Travis Kelsey, and he dropped it, and then the punt team came off, punt team came on, and it was a really bad punt, only like 36 yards, and that made a momentum swing with a Buccaneers score a touchdown right then. So, you can't have that blunder. There was an offside penalty or holding penalty on the Chiefs, and there was a 56-yard punt that the punter made, and that would have stood if there was not a holding penalty given there was a bobble there so that might have affected the play since there might have been a um a block but you gotta he had shivers on the field i mean the announcers even did say that so you got the guy you got to feel for him but he also has to he also had to make the plays as a punter because punters you might think they're not really relevant but they're actually really relevant Um, and then there was a fourth down situation in the red zone in the fourth quarter where Patrick Mahomes he made an amazing play. He made an amazing throw. He was parallel to the ground and he threw it to Darrell Williams and he dropped the ball. I mean there's too many drops. Again, I'm saying Patrick Mahomes played the best he could. On paper, he did not play well though. But I really do think he played the best he could. His team just didn't play that well. And then Mahomes passer rating in the Super Bowl was 52.3 compared to his average rating of 108.7. This is un- that was unlike Mahomes. He rarely throws two interceptions a game or anything like that. That's it's it's just unreasonable. You don't see that often. I mean Patrick Mahomes, he's the face of the NFL right now. You have to say that. Because who else is in there? Maybe Tom Brady, yeah, because he won a Super Bowl. Maybe Lamar Jackson. But it's Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. And then also, this is a really cool statistic. Brady only had to run for 37 yards in the pocket. Patrick Mahomes, guess how many he had to run? Oh, 100? No, he had to run 467 yards. That's crazy. And that is only in the pocket alone. That's not even him scrambling or any other things like outside the pocket and then also um we have to give credit to the Buccaneers DBs because for not even letting Tyreek Hill go bonkers because in week 12 Tyreek Hill had 13 receptions for 269 yards and three touchdowns Todd, Todd Bowles called the right plays they double covered Tyreek Hill and they double covered Travis Kelsey that was a smart move because all the other receivers and running backs for the Chiefs were pretty much irrelevant. I mean, almost all of the players on the field for the Chiefs except Travis Kelsey were irrelevant. Travis Kelsey had 100-plus yards, but, again, as I'm saying, I'm sorry for saying this so much, the other players were irrelevant. And then in a deleted tweet, you saw that Tyron Matthew and Tom Brady were smack-talking. In a deleted tweet, Tyron Matthew claims that Brady started the argument by calling Matthew something I won't repeat. And then Brady apologized to Matthew, saying that he's the ultimate competitor. I mean, I think this is a good sign of good sport, sportsmanship. I think everybody thought, including me, that Brady started, but actually, I think this proves that um, Brady started it instead of Matthew. And then also, um, I really do think I really do think the Buccaneers outcoached the Chiefs. They called the right plays, offense, offensively. They ran the ball, they chewed the clock, and they did not let the, give the ball to Patrick Mahomes. And when there was key third down situations, the Buccaneers did not have any penalties. They did not allow the first downs. They did not make any blunders. I mean, they made a blunder once or twice, but really no blunders on the Buccaneers' part. And then I also wanted to talk about, um, I think there was a lot of unfair penalties in front of the in favor of the Buccaneers. As you saw, there was like a, before the half, there was a 50-yard penalty um, on my, for Mike Evans that the corner of the um, Kansas City Chiefs didn't even touch the guy, and he fell down, but Mike Evans made the ultimate flop, like a Neymar flop if you watch soccer, and I don't know how it was called. I mean, some people think that it actually did push his, t- push his foot, but I really don't think that was it, and there was a lot of really really questionable calls on the officials by the officials so I just don't think that was fair but even if those penalties were switched I still think the Buccaneers would have won they played better overall and that will wrap up our Super Bowl recap and now it's time for big football news okay and now for our first topic of big football news we have JJ Watt released by Texans. this is a Like, really, really surprising to me because I thought he'd get traded because we all know he was going to get traded or released, but I actually thought he'd get traded because he has a lot of talent, but he just doesn't want to be in the Texans. Maybe it's because of his contract, but the first thing I want to talk about inside that is like, where does J.J. Watt end up next? Does he go to the Steelers to play with his brothers? A Derek Watt, the fullback, and of course DJ Watt, the linebacker. They could both have an amazing defense. That would be really fun to watch. Or does he go to the Chiefs or some other team that's really in contention, like the Buccaneers or maybe like the Ravens or any of those teams, or the Packers even, that are really in contention for a Super Bowl in some of his last years so that he can win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's probably been the best player in Texans history i mean they've only been around for like 20 years and he's been on there for half the time of their timeline because he's been there for 10 years but he's such a great player he just needs a good team and then you, he can really show off his skills i really hope that he lands on a good team there's no way he's gonna land up on a bad team because he chooses he has his own freedom now he can go wherever he wants to well assuming the team wants him to come there but I think he can go to a team now that really wants him and can really use him. And then does this affect Deshaun Watson? Because now there's little to no talent other than Deshaun Watson with Texans. Yeah, you see some sparks from Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and all, but on their defense, they really have no talent. And the only... um talent they have on their like really roster is Laramie Tunsil but he's okay he's not that great I mean he's definitely not worth two first round picks and one of them when the deal with the Texans and the Dolphins one of them was the third overall pick for this year so Laramie Tunsil is not worth two first round picks so does this affect Deshaun Watson because he could go somewhere now that he had J.J. Watt because the last time we saw J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson together, J.J. Watt was apologizing that Deshaun Watson wasted one of his prime years on a rebuilding team. But I actually think this might affect um, the outcome because J- J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson were going to think, oh, we're going to leave together. Maybe now Deshaun Watson might leave. more There might be a higher probability. That's just old thinking. That's just a theory, but it might happen. You never know. And I also want to talk about Russell Wilson comments. And so many teams have been calling to the Seahawks about Russell Wilson's availability. Because he's a top five quarterback, 100%. He was in, he, in the NFL, in the top 100 of players of last year, he was a top three. So he's an amazing quarterback. But Wilson, Russell Wilson, asked the general manager of the Seahawks if they can pick players that can protect Russell Wilson better. I mean, his O-line is actually, like, really terrible. But you also... It's also some of his fault because he has an amazing scrambling ability. And sometimes he creates all that sacks where he can just throw the ball away, but he doesn't. He holds onto the ball and takes sacks. But when you think of the Seahawks O line, what big names do you think? Yeah, you might think, oh, you might think. When I think, I don't think of anybody. I just think more. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, those guys. I mean, you don't think of their O line that much, and he really has no time. So, I think this is reasonable for Russell Wilson. But you also have to be a little more considerate, considerate, because this might mean that you're getting traded. He has a really good team on the Seahawks. I mean, their defense is okay with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner and all, but you, you just don't want to do that. You, you could ask Kyle, k- kindly, but you can't ask it that like that persistent like you can't ask it so because i understand his point i mean if i was a quarterback which i'm not gonna be but if i was a quarterback i would want protection you don't want to be getting hit and having to run all around 467 yards per game in the pocket every single game you want to have a good o-line where you can have time in the pocket to make good throws i mean when you see his passer rating go down because he has no time and he throws some arid throws. Some of that is to the O line and some of that is from him because again, I was saying that he forces some sacks where he can just he just keeps the ball. And then the O line, they they just well, they don't let them, but they they're not the best blockers and then the pass rushers get to the Seahawks. You see when they play against really good teams, like well, not really good teams, but teams with good pass rush. Like you saw the Giants. When the Giants beat them, they had good pressure, and they pressured Russell Wilson. It's all because of the O-line. With The Seahawks without their with an O-line could be Super Bowl contenders. I really do. And I think this is really affecting to the whole league because it makes a domino effect. If Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson go other ways, then Sam Darnold, all these other guys who are, might get traded or anything, there can go other ways. So it's just going to make a huge domino effect. And I'm really excited to see what happens this offseason. And now it's time for four stars that will be traded or signed to a new team during this offseason. So our first player that I think is going to be traded or signed to a new team this offseason is Kenny Galladay. Um, I really, I think he's going to part ways with the Lions. I really do. But the team I think he should go to is the Baltimore Ravens or the Los Angeles Rams. Why? Because number one, the Baltimore Ravens. They're really in contention right now. All they need is a wide receiver, a reliable wide receiver. You might say Marquise Brown is that, but he is not reliable. He had a lot of drops this year, and he's not consistent. So I think they should get Kenny Gauley because they have a stout defense, one of the best in the league. They have a a top 10 quarterback in Lamar Jackson, probably the best running game in the whole league. All they need is just a consistent receiver, and they may probably be the favorites to make a deep run in the playoffs with the Chiefs and the Bills. I just think that's what they need, I mean, that's really what they need, and then also the Los Angeles Rams, because their receivers are iffy, they're not, Cooper Cup is consistent, but Robert Woods is not that consistent, if you went there, um, again, the Rams, it's almost the same as the Ravens, they have, now they have Matthew Stafford, which is an above average quarterback, they have a really good defense, the number one in the league, then they also have a really good running game, top five, and then... Again, if you went there, they'd have a really good team. I think, I don't know, I feel like he might go to LA or the Ravens. It's just a 50-50 for me. I just think those teams are the teams that need him most. And he could. both of those teams are in deep playoff contention if he goes to one of them. And then number two is Patrick Peterson. So Patrick Peterson and the Arizona Cardinals have said they will cut ties this off season. And I think he should go to a team that has a lot of talent. Maybe a team like the Chiefs. He could reunite with Tyron Matthew. And then he could win a Super Bowl in his last years. Cause he's not gonna play for five more years. He's probably gonna play for like, at max, like three years probably. And. If he could win a Super Bowl, that'd be amazing for him. I mean, because the Cardinals have not won a Super Bowl. I mean, they were really close, being in the Super Bowl against the Steelers. It was such a close game. But I just, he wants, really wants a Super Bowl, and he's not gonna go to a team like the Jets that's not gonna win for the next three years. He's not gonna go to a rebuilding team. He's gonna be in a team that's really, really good right now. Like he might even go to the Buccaneers. Heck, any other team that's really good. But he just wants to go to a really good team. Then number three, Drew Smith Schuster. Drew has already said that he wants to go to go to the Chargers to play with Herbert, and I think he should go to LA because LA is like the biggest marketing place, other than like Texas and New York, is probably the biggest marketing place in the U.S. And I think he's not that focused on football. I think he's focused on his career outside of football. So I think that could be really good for him. And then also, I th- it'd be really, really fun to watch him play with Herbert. I mean, Herbert could have an amazing year and the Juju, Keenan Allen's combo and the Mike Williams, that'd be an amazing thing to watch. And yeah. And then number four, we have Richard Sherman. He has said that he's only going to play for two more years, and then he will retire. Again, with Patrick Peterson, um, he could go to the Chiefs again, the Buccaneers, any other team that really needs him that could really go to Super Bowl right now and win it because he's already won one Super Bowl. He was two yards away from winning another Super Bowl, and he just really wants to win another Super Bowl. Two Super Bowls, that'd be really good on his Hall of Fame career. I mean, he might not be in the Hall of Fame, but I doubt it. Um. So if he gets two Super Bowls, he might be—he is one of the best corners in like history, but not at that that top level. Like when you think of the very, 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 very good corners. If he got this second Super Bowl, he might be a first ballot. I really do. So I—he really will go to a team that's in contention. Again, he won't go to the Jets, or the Jaguars, or any team like that. He wants to go to a winning team. And that's gonna wrap it up for this episode and wrap it up for this segment. It's time for the credits. Thank you for coming to listen to football for fans and FNAX. And a huge thanks to my parents and my executive producer, Zarkor, for bringing this podcast possible. Hi, everybody. Stay tuned for our next episode of football for fans and FNAX, coming to you in two weeks.